Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is LOTL, and this is episode 163. Tonight's episode, we welcome on Nick Carnes of the Barking Browns podcast, an all-around good guy and uh, Browns Twitter legend. Uh, Nick jumps on the show to talk about all things Browns. We go through everything from uh, the draft, uh, the divisional race, uh, our favorite additions. We talk about the revamped defense. We talk about uh, OBJ. We talk about Baker. We talk about for a while there, we started talking about every single team but the Browns. So we get into all different topics relating to the Browns. And uh, we have a blast with Nick. And um, yeah, so before all that, we get started with the beer of the week. Let's do it. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Jordan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is episode 163 of Living Off the Land. I'm Dan. A uh, little bit of a shakeup in the lineup uh, today. We've got Ryan here, who's on every episode. Jordan Hello. Jordan is uh, away, just getting back from a long weekend in Houston, Texas. Um, and then, as, as you guys all know, uh, sweet, sweet Jimothy departed <laughs> us a couple weeks ago. Make it sound like he died, man. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. He's good. Love you, Jimmy. And uh, but we've got a special guest tonight, uh, the ever Twitter famous Nick Carnes from Browns Twitter joins us tonight. Nick and the the Barking Browns podcast. How are you, Nick? I'm feeling good tonight. Uh, you know what? I'm really excited we could put this together. Uh, I see you guys have beers. I have beer. That's uh, right. It's gonna be fun. That's right. Thanks for leading me into that. The beer of the week. Uh, Nick, as uh, we, we kind of explained to you before the episode, we like to try a different uh, brewery, usually a Cleveland brewery every week, and just kind of highlight them and uh, do a feature on one of their beers. Um, Nick is with us virtually, so he has one of his own beers, but um, we'll let him get into what he's drinking in a minute. Uh, today I got... Hazy Crazy New England style IPA from Railroad Brewing Company, uh, Railroad Brewery Brewing. I don't know Railroad Brewing <laughs> in, a- in Avon, Ohio. So uh, that's what we're drinking tonight. Uh, Ryan, first, uh, I haven't taken a sip yet. Have you? I have. And, I, I like yeah. this. So ra- Nick, have you been to Railroad before by any chance out in Avon? I have not, but it sounds like something I, I might need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've been there a few times. Have you? I, I have as well, and I've actually the the two times I've been, I, I walked away thinking I like their food more than I like their beer, and this is helping change my mind. To me, it's always been a restaurant that happened to make its own beer because the food I thought was better than the beer itself. I really enjoy this. So I think you're thinking of something different. What am I thinking? Of? Railroad doesn't have. I'm, I'm thinking Rocky River. Yeah. So I've never had this. Just kidding. I lied to you. I'm thinking Rocky River. So Railroad doesn't have a kitchen. They they usually bring food trucks in. Ah, it's literally I'm definitely wrong. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's literally when you drive up to it, it's a house with what looks like 
an agricultural barn in the back, and that's where the brewery's housed. Oh, okay. No, so this is totally new to me. Yeah, so it's very small, um, almost not like a home brewery, but uh, a fledgling brewery, I yeah. guess you can uh, call it. I like the can. You know what the can reminds me of? It's like the um, like the rainbow sherbet. I'm not gonna lie. When I so when I bought this, uh, I didn't notice the pink on the other side and the orange. Um, I thought it was gonna be like a watermelon flavored hazy uh, when I looked at it. I when I noticed you, it, I could say how you would. Think I was that. like, oh no. <laughs> no I Ryan, mean, that, that'd be Ryan's right. not the biggest fan of watermelon. Yeah. Well, I like fake watermelon. I don't actually like actual. This is what's stupid. I like artificially flavored watermelon things, yeah. just not actual watermelon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey. It doesn't make any sense. I That's know it weird. doesn't. But uh, I like the beer. It's uh, it's not super boozy. What is it? Seven percent. So it's not like gonna. It's definitely higher than your average uh, average drink, but it's not gonna absolutely knock you on your ass. Yeah. So I'll just read the the brief description here. This trippy triple dry hopped hazy New England IPA. Say that five times fast. Uses Azica, El Dorado, and Mosaic hops. Man, this brings out the crazy quote hits of orange, mango, papaya, and pineapple. Peace, love, and craft beer for all. So like Ryan said, this is 7% uh, ABV. Uh, and yeah, it's, it. I, I really like it. I don't taste that much like haziness to it. You read my mind. It tastes more like a West Coast. Yes. I like it for what it is. I would not put this in the hazy category per se. Yeah. Like I'm, we're, we're both There's, drinking this out of the can, but I bet you if we poured this in a glass, it'd be yeah, pretty. Uh, it lacks translucent. It, it, you know, they they talked about all the different fruits that are in it, or you know, uh, hints of fruit flavors, but it, it lacks that like juiciness I that agree. like a fruit. Yeah, would... it's still tasty. I just think it's like <laughs> yeah, for me, it might be a little mislabeled. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I'm not a brewer, so what the hell uh, am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so before we get any further, Nick, what do you what do you have? What do you uh? So, so I gotta say. You know, you guys are really making me want a summer beer right now. <laughs> all, all that fruit you guys got going. But uh, I actually, so I have a couple uh, platform stowaways in my fridge. I actually discovered that as we were talking uh, before the show tonight. I have some Yule Jude uh, from, pla- oh, pla- nice. from Platform. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we're, I guess we're doing, uh, we're working our way towards Christmas in July here. Yeah, it, exactly. That's exactly. What I was just thinking. Hey, we're, we're nearly there. I mean, know, it's already June for crying out loud. Hey, you know what happens yeah. uh, usually right around Christmas in July hmm. is training What's camp. That? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And yes. guess what, guys? We are <laughs> about, we are less than 60 days away from Brown's training camp. Oh, God, that feels so good. That's crazy. Crazy, right? Uh, I feel like I feel like a week ago. We were talking about the fact that we still had like four and a half months to go, and yeah, it's still like seven weeks away. Like we, it's not like it's tomorrow, but it's gonna be there before you know it. And uh, but we'll get into all that. We're, this is going to be a Brown centric uh, episode tonight. Uh, but yeah, let's rate our beers before we go any further. Uh, Nick, if you want to go first there with the uh, Yule Jude, uh, how you liking that? So I'm a I'm a one to ten kind of guy. Yep. Yep. And and I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give this a solid eight. Wow. There you go. Okay. Um, High marks. High I'm marks. A, I'm a I'm big fan of you. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Uh, it's six percent. It it you know what it makes me feel some a little Christmas a little Christmas as I'm drinking it. Absolutely. And and I and you know what the can has a little orange a little brown, 
I see where you're going. I see where you're going. That worked out nicely. I like it. Uh, all right, Ryan. Uh, what about the railroad brewing mm. hazy crazy? I like this. This is squarely in the like, <laughs> not love realm. All right, all so right. So for me, that's like a, that's good for you though because you're very picky. I'm, yeah, I, so I don't know if you're familiar. I'm usually the Russian judge when it comes to the beers. I'm usually the jerk <laughs> who's always like skewering places. Yeah. Um, Fair for the haterade. I'm also probably the reason we're not sponsored by any brewery. <laughs> Facts. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> Facts. Um, but, uh, no, I think this is really nicely done. And it makes me want to go check out Railroad um, for sure. And it's funny. I was just out in Avon this past weekend, so I need to get back out there apparently. Yeah. I will give this a 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six. Six, six. All is, right. Yeah, upper sixes. Yeah. Drink um, this while you're heading down Route 66. There you go. Hey. What up? I would get go. it again too. I would. I would if if we were out somewhere. Uh, I'd get this on. Dra I bet this is awesome on draft. Mm -hmm. And uh, it w I would love an excuse to get out to railroad. So yeah, six six, and I would do it again. Very nice. Okay. Um, yeah. I the only thing that's bugging me about this, and it has nothing to do with the taste of the beer or anything. It's the fact that to me it tastes like a West Coast IPA, but it, <laughs> it's they're saying it's a New England style and. Ryan lived in New England for a few years, so he knows exactly what a New England-style IPA should taste like. Mm. And you agree that this really doesn't taste like a New England. Correct. As I'm drinking it... A little I, bit more. A little bit fruity-ish. Yeah. Uh, maybe as it's warming up a little bit, but still, it's not... It's not... like When you think... When I think New England IPA or hazy IPA, I think, yeah. like, juice bomb. Like... Right. Like, o, like OJ kind of, like, thickness. Yeah. And, like, with the pulp and, and massive fruit, kind of fruit bomb. I'm not getting that here. Still tasty though. Um, all right, so yeah, I, I would get it again. Uh, I would definitely get this on draft at Railroad, and I'm gonna go with a six eight. I like it a little bit more, uh, a skosh more, but a skosh. Uh, but not quite in the sevens. So, and I think it's just because uh, it doesn't taste like a hazy IPA to me, okay. but still good. So, shout out to Railroad. Uh, hopefully, be uh, out there again soon to uh, get this on draft and try out some more of their beer. So head on out to Railroad if you're in the Avon area and uh, check them out. So, all right, that's Beer of the Week. So we have Nick in uh, from the Barking Browns podcast, right? Did I say that right? Yes, Bar sir. Barking Browns show. If, um, if, yeah, we're kind of using them inter interchangeably, but uh, um, because we do do it live. So Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, how, how, how has that been so far? So we're a ways off from you guys uh, at 163. Uh, we just did episode five last night, uh, Jacob and I. And it, you know what? It's been fun. Um, some, something you said to me is that we have like a, a loose uh, list of topics that you're planning to go into. Sure. And I've, I've discovered that, you know, it's kind of the same. It's like uh, we went in last night thinking we were going to talk about Baker Mayfield and, and Nick Chubb and, and, you know, maybe a little OTAs and, and most of the show ended up going defense hmm. and, and I like it that way. You know, yeah. it's just, however, however the conversation goes, I, I've really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, so it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, definitely check that out guys. You can get that on, uh, Nick's, uh, Twitter account. They, what, yes, what do you guys use to, uh, is it Periscope? Is it, what is it? Uh, is uh it so, to, to, we stream uh, we stream live to Twitter and YouTube at okay. the same time, and we use Restream to okay. do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so check that out. Uh, plug your Twitter account so people can uh, uh, check out the show. 
So not not the most uh, not the easiest name, but it's Carnsey's eight one seven K A R N S eight one seven. And and that yeah, that's where you can find me. So like I said, we're uh, we got a long way to go to it to till we're living uh, off the land status. Oh, we're come, on. <laughs> come on, man! I've, I've, I've seen I've seen a couple of your episodes get like a couple thousand views. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't sell yourself short. You're you're way past us on that on that aspect for sure. Um, so before we get into the Browns, which we're going to spend most of the episode talking about, I want to talk about, uh, you and your, uh, epic positivity on Twitter regarding the Cleveland Browns and how this all started. Because like, it feels like, um, you've just like blown up on the Twitter scene, especially like the Browns Twitter scene, like. You're got you're getting closer. I don't know if you surpassed it today, but you're you're right around like eleven thousand followers. Like, how did this all start with you? Like, tweeting about the Browns and all these awesome uh, messages about the Browns and the interactions. And I know that uh, I was following along with you guys um, on draft weekend. Unfortunately, I, I I was hoping to be able to get out there and hang out with you guys, but wasn't able to do that. But I was following on everybody's social media uh, accounts and everything. Okay. So, how did it all get started with you tweeting about the Browns and and uh, kind of cultivating this following that you have. Um, that's a great question. And I, I appreciate you asking me because, um, you know what, you, you say it, you say it and, and I am creeping uh, closer towards 11,000 now. And it's weird because it really doesn't feel that way. Right. Um, I still, you know what, I, I, I like to refer to myself as the village idiot. I still feel like the village <laughs> idiot. Uh, that's just kind of, you know. Um, but... I, so I started. I, I think I think I'm headed on to about my my Twitter account used to be locked, and, and for a long time, I was just following along with sure. you know various people of Brown's Twitter, and I, I like to I like to credit him. Um, John Hillberry is yeah is somebody that I I found real early on, and I always thought you know to to like have have a social media presence or or whatever. It's like you needed to be um, you know employed by somebody or like you know, Porter or or um, say do some like real special video content like like Sir Yacht does or, or you know right. something like that and and I've told John this before that I saw how you know just like uh, uh, just a fan a fan like like anybody else that's not employed by anybody but just likes the team that has passion about it could could garner a following and and grow and, and interact with people and and, and it just kind of occurred to me, you know, one day that that I, like that seemed that seemed like something I could do. I, I, I thought, you know, I was like, I like talking Browns, and and you know, I see all these people talking all the time, but because I'm protected, I really can't interact with people very much. Right. Um. So you know, one day I I just I just decided I was like I, I would like to instead of just being on the sidelines, I'd like to join the conversation. And so I I, I unlocked and. I just started, you know, because I had already found a bunch of people whose content I liked, right. and um, so so I just instead of you know just watching on the sidelines, I started talking to them, and and from there it's like you start to develop you know relationships with people, and you know th- that, that as a side note, that's been the craziest part of this whole journey, um, and I know you said that you uh, were hoping to come to Cleveland for the draft, so I, I hope. I do hope you uh, get to come down for games or for, you know, just anything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but but it's reached the point now where I've actually made like some of my some of the people that I consider my closest friends are people that I've met within Brown's Twitter. So I really think that, that we have a special group of people that that we're involved with. And so th- I think that's what I discovered is that I just liked all these people and I just wanted to talk to them. Right. And and, and so you, you asked me about the positivity thing. Um, you know what? That that to me is the, the weirdest part of this whole thing, because I didn't go in with like an intention of, oh, I'm going to be positive about the Browns every day. I'm right. gonna, you, you, I just I just I was like, OK, I, I want to start start creating a conversation, too, rather than just adding to it. And. And I just started tweeting and just over time as it's like, you know, you, you, you do something repeatedly and you get a little better at it. You develop kind of what works for you. And it just, it just seems, you know, cause people started saying to me, Oh, you're so positive, you're so positive. And, and I, I guess I was like, I look back at my stuff and I was like, you know, I, I guess I am positive. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just kind of the, the way I, my, my, like I treat my Browns fandom. And so, um, I guess now here I am within within this this role, um, but I don't. It's not something that uh, that I force. You know, yeah. it's just it's just, when I sit down, I'm like, okay, what am I going to say today? It's just kind of something that that comes along with it. And so I'm just I'm really thankful that there's so many people and uh, have have enjoyed that. Um, like I said, I still think you know I'm just I'm just I I, I do I, I legitimately I, I'm just I, I'm having fun being a Browns fan, and I'm glad that. Um, people want to do that too because you know it's it's like i i'm not sure how old you guys are but i'm, I'm 30 mm-hmm. and so it's it's like you know people around around there have, have basically just seen mostly nothing but terrible browns football yes yeah <laughs> emphatically <laughs> yes yeah and so yeah i just i just regardless and i think it's because of that it's like i just i try to find ways to to have fun with it to look at the the bright side of things because there has been a lot of you know negativity over right. over the years and, and so if if i can do anything to try to you know um and and i think the most important thing to me is i try to use stats or or something concrete to say okay yes I, i'm giving you a positive angle but but i'm coming from a place that's legitimate right uh-huh. right and, well, and so yeah that, that that's what i got yeah, well, I think it's there's a couple of things in there that I, I think I appreciate the most is it first of all is just that authenticity. I think that's why you've been so successful is like you're not putting on a show. It's like, you know, when you start you start dating somebody and you're kind of putting your best foot forward and you're kind of you know if you're not really you from the beginning, eventually you have to you're gonna revert back to being yourself at some point. So if you're faking it, that's gonna come out eventually. It's the same thing in any area of life. It's a, it could be a job interview. You could fake your way into a job, perhaps, and then guess what? Eventually, whether it's a month or six months or a year down the line, you know, you end up being yourself, and maybe things aren't uh, as rosy as they seem. You are just putting your sincere self out there because I've seen a bunch of your stuff for a while now, and it, it never feels fake or forced or like you're doing it for a bit. You know, like in, in, in Twitter world, I mean, this is not a shock to any of us, I'm sure where a lot of people say things for clout or say shocking, dramatic things just to try to elicit some kind of reaction. You're just simply a really excited dude who loves the Browns. And like you just hinted on there at the end, you're not just pulling stuff out of your ass because you're, you know, a Browns fan and you're really excited for this. Like there's legitimate reason to be excited. And, oh, here's my A, B, and C reasons as to why. And so I just think that's why it's it's fun to watch and, and 
and, and follow along because it is it's it's not a bit it's not some corny shtick it's just it's authentic and oh by the way there's some uh there's some data to back up what you're talking about so it's pretty cool to see yeah and and i'll add this like i started started about talking about like twitter followers and all that like in the grand scheme of things like who really cares that doesn't matter like the amount of twitter followers you have but like what you said uh nick was like through this whole process like you've gained like some really great like friendships and community like within like the browns um sphere of influence i guess like other fans who are on twitter who are just like you just like us just tweeting about the browns and just love their team and uh Twitter, while it's a lot of times a very toxic and ridiculous space, um, is also a space where people can come together for a common cause and and you can uh, grow friendships like that uh, from from social media. And, and that's what you've done and that's one of the things you talked about that's uh, most important to you through this process. So I didn't want to I didn't want to come off at the beginning as talking about, oh, man, you got so many Twitter followers. Like I said, who really, like, in the grand scheme of things, what does it matter? But yeah. but to, to gain those friendships and, uh, you know, get to know some really cool people. Like, we've had like we've had Brie Feliciano on our show uh, a couple okay. months ago. She's awesome. Uh, we were supposed to have uh, her friend Linda on the show as well. Uh, she couldn't yeah. make it. We're hoping to have them both on again at some point. But, um <clears throat> But yeah, that the whole group seems seems really cool, and uh, uh, it's going to make an already exciting season this upcoming season even more because we're going to get to enjoy it together, uh, rooting on the team. So I just wanted to make sure that it didn't get lost in the in the sauce there. No, I, I yeah, I'm sorry to, to have, have gone on for a little bit there. No, you're oh good. no, no, um, don't apologize at all, man. But I, I do, you know what? That that is. I feel like the draft was only a taste of what we're gonna get. Absolutely. Oh, can yes. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to just be downtown with everyone. I, I can't wait. Gonna hang out with, drink a beer with Macho Fan. There you go. Hey, hey yeah. Dude, how awesome was he sitting on uh, there for the? Uh, was, he was the JOK pick, right? I believe. Yeah, he was round two. I think. Yeah. 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 So he he had the crowd going, but oh, man. Uh, but I'm yeah. So. so and, and so now you may you're thir- I'm 31 so you're 30 same same age pretty much yeah me too and to use your terminology a sco shoulder yeah I'm a sco shoulder <laughs> but like 34 you know we haven't had anything to be excited about in our lifetime and I can't no I can't recall a season I've recalled various seasons in the past thinking okay we're making some headway I'm a little bit more excited than I have been before but like this is for the first time in my lifetime not only am I pumped there is a legit, honest-to-God, deep playoff run expectation, and I don't think it's crazy. I think it can be backed up. Pair that with the fact that I've ever, I've never actually been down to the Muni lot for a tailgate. Oh, I oh we're doing that this year. I cannot wait. <coughs> I cannot wait. I am so out, out of my mind excited to get downtown and, and tailgate in the Muni lot. It's going to be – we're going to have to link up when we get down there. We'll, we'll – We'll drink some platforms, or you know, we'll do Christmas in July or whatever. You know, yeah, we'll, yeah. we got to do something. But uh, Christmas I, in September. Christmas in September. Yeah, I am. I'm so geeked for for the whole experience. It's this is like you, you just said it. it the, the draft was just a taste, and Cleveland, by the way, absolutely crushed the draft. I'm so proud mm-hmm. of everybody involved with putting on that event. Um, but and then, oh, by the way, the Browns had an excellent draft themselves, and we could talk a little bit about that and some other offseason oh, stuff yeah. here in a sec. 
Um, but just that was that was literally just the tip of the iceberg, and it's going to be so damn exciting. And I am I'm out of my mind geek for it. I'm so excited for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, have it's you done Have you done some Unilot in the past? Have you done that before? Yeah. Um, a fun, a fun, quick side story. Uh, one time <laughs> we <laughs> before the before the Seahawks game. I uh, a couple years ago. When the, the Browns found a way to, to lose that game, mm. um, oh. <laughs> it was exciting. It they was exciting, but uh, before before the Seahawks game, we were walking to we were we we got to about the time we we're start gonna start walking to First Energy, and and I don't know I, I was having a good time, so <laughs> I, I started just high fiving people and yelling "Go Browns" as we as we were walking, and so we I ended up making a bet that I wouldn't get turned down for a high five for as many people as we were going through walking to the stadium. And I did, I won that bet. I did not get turned down by one person that I yelled, go Browns to and put my hand up there. And dude, it's just, it's stupid stuff. I know it's, I know it's dumb stuff, but it's just, man, Browns fans. Yeah. Dude, you're going to have a good time. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm with you. So I was actually really fortunate this past year Again, it unfortunately ended in a loss, but I was at the the, Ra- the Ravens game, the Monday night game. My uh, fiance got me tickets for that for my birthday, and I tell you what, yes, it, it, of course, it ended the wrong way for us, but that was what an environment. That was, I think, what, 12,000, 13,000 people yeah. were in the stadium at that yeah. point in time, and honestly, you'd have no idea. It, it sounded like a, it felt like a full state, and I'm thinking like, we're at a fraction of capacity right now. What the heck is this place going to feel like and sound like during a real – because that's the expectation, right? Is I mean, like, yeah. I know the Indians are back to full capacity. Uh, the Columbus crew are back to full capacity. I mean, everybody – Starting today, we're, right? We're back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, starting today. <laughs> so, they, fitting. They got rained out. Right, yeah. <laughs> because why not more doubleheaders with although, the Red Sox? <laughs> although, I, although I will say uh, it's a pretty good chance that they weren't going to uh, use that – heightened level of capacity nah. no yeah not, <laughs> not so much right now but the browns absolutely will and so pending uh, yeah knock on wood i hope there's no you know terrible backtracking but as long as nothing crazy happens um yeah. I, I, just the environment and the way it felt with like 20 percent or whatever it was was just off the charts and mm. it, it, exactly like you're talking about people are high-fiving strangers and people are jumping around and it was we were all so hyped and it was how yeah. how loud was it when Baker ran in that touchdown in the fourth quarter? On, on Unbelievable! Third I couldn't talk for like two days. I, I, I I'm not kidding. I had so that left. was that was me two years ago. I went to the Miles Garrett helmet game. Oh man! And you know any any game or any time. I mean, obviously that was the story of the of the night. But uh, but any time you can. Uh, I'm really trying to stall right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. And anytime that you can uh, play that team, uh, this is this is bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's kicking the can. You know what's going to happen is he's not going to play either. Yeah, but anytime you can yeah. play Pittsburgh and beat them. Ooh. Yep, it did play. It didn't play. Soundboard. Is, <laughs> Dan has. I hate this Constantly thing. has a battle with the soundboard. So we have a soundboard on this free website or whatever, and it, half the time it just never works. I think I know why it's free. Ah, yeah, exactly. But free ninety nine. Anyway, Pittsburgh. So, so I was the same way. Like yeah. we we are second round of, or second round, second row of the dog pound for that game. And Ooh. obviously, the the helmet incident took place on the other end of the field. But we beat Pittsburgh. So more than anything, that's what I was hyped about. I was also, mm-hmm. you know, feeling good that mm-hmm. night. But mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah, um, 
Yeah, so it, it's going to be crazy. The only thing that sucks about the Browns being good is uh, ticket prices are going to be outrageous. And you know what kills oh, me? Oh, yeah. So I almost pulled the trigger on season a tickets. season ticket package. And this you want to do a, it? A couple years ago. Well, no, the, the, the worst part about it is I was thinking about it, and I was going back and forth, and I was like, well, maybe I, it'd be fun because I had just moved back to the Cleveland area. I was thinking about it. Um, and then, like, very shortly after the fact, we traded for OBJ. And oh, then boy. ticket prices just went right on up, and I very yeah. much regretted not buying a yeah. package. So we, I mean, it would honestly make sense for us to go in and just each take, you know, three or four games or whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, um, but uh, there's officially a bandwagon. You know, that's that's the sidebar is that we've been Browns fans for years through terrible teams. That's how you know you're a committed right. fan base. But now there's and, – and I'm not turning anybody away. For the for the record, I welcome – I mean, if you're new to Browns fandom, join the bandwagon. I don't care. By all means, yeah, jump on absolutely. on. Do we, do we really think there's a bandwagon for the Browns, though, now? I, think I don't so. know because I think nationally we still get dogged. I think that's No us, pun intended. Yeah, I think that's us being self-conscious just because we've been used to getting clowned on. Like, I, the national media has it, – it's – we still get some of the whole – you know, Browns is the Browns type stuff. But, like, Marcus Spears on Get Up the other day. Was it Get Up or NFL Live? I think one, NFL Live. One, one of the two. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw this. He was talking about how, on paper, we had theoretically the best roster in the AFC. Now, again, paper is different than the field, and we all know that. But yeah. he's he's somebody who's been notably, not crapping on Baker, but notably, like, pretty objective across the board. And so for him to say something to the effect of, in terms of total roster, depth at various positions, blah, 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 blah. The Browns have the best, most impressive roster. Like, that that says something to me. So, I yeah. think the tide is turning. Um, slowly. It's I, slow. You're I'll not I'll give wrong. you it's turning. It's turning slowly. Because yeah. I, I, there's still a bunch of uh, people. I, Keyshawn Johnson today on KJ&Z was talking about it. He's like, yeah, they made a couple nice pickups, uh, nice pieces, blah, blah, blah. Brandon but, Marshall does it, too. Oh, Brandon Marshall's the worst. Yeah. He is the absolute he's, he's worst. He's kind of a bozo. <laughs> Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least, at least, make it sound like you believe the words that are coming well, out of your mouth. He he does yeah. the exact opposite of so he does the exact opposite of what you were talking about, Nick. Is you know some people just pipe you know if you've got a, a negative opinion like I I don't care for the Steelers and I could give you a bunch of reasons why I think Big Ben is you know maybe washed up and blah 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 and there's data to back that up. He yeah. just sent Brandon. He just comes off. Sounded like a hater because he doesn't he doesn't ever offer anything up. There we go. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. I don't even know if you can hear this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he just ends up just kind of like laughing and ho oh, oh, ho the bro, and it's just like it's like okay, cool, we get it, that's your shtick, but back it up with yeah. something. If you got a critique, by all means, fire away. I'd love to hear it, but you just end up sounding like an ass. Well, I didn't mean to play it that I'm time. Sure, I, I don't know if you saw um, like the retort to. To, so Marcus Spears says that the Browns have the best roster in, in the AFC, and then I don't know her name, um, but uh, another commentator there is, oh, yeah. is rolling her eyes. Yes. Yeah, she's like huffing and puffing and, you know, audibly Show like... Show me the loose leaf. Yeah. Uh, right. So it's like, so it's like okay, and it's like you're saying, yeah, so... If you don't feel that way, that's that's fine. But like you, you, there's legitimate points you could make. I'm sure you could say, um, oh, the 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 Browns linebacking core wasn't good last year, and and we still don't know about any of their new additions. Or um, you could say that 
we lost both both starting defensive tackles, and we're not really sure um, yeah. how how uh, Andrew Billings is going to come back after a year off. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, I but hear you. My 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 point is that if you wanted to debate the Browns roster, there's legitimate a legitimate conversation you could have instead of rolling your eyes and saying, show me the loose leaf. Right. Like, well, like what, what, what does that help? It doesn't do anything. And, and honestly, I, I don't even, and, and to be completely fair, and I want to be clear about what Marcus said too, is he didn't say, like, the Browns are the favorite to win the Super Bowl, coming out of the, or at least to go to the Super Bowl. He was just simply saying, like, he, he even acknowledged the, the Chiefs are still the favorites. You know, they've been doing it for a while now. Patrick Mahomes is, like, the, the you know the the ultimate cheat code I get it fine because you're right paper is paper you have to go play the game I completely understand and, and Marcus wasn't saying we're the we're the favorites we're absolutely going to win he was just simply saying from where we were last year to what we did to adjust this off season he loves our roster that's all he was saying and and there was no like valid critique in response it was just a bunch of huffing and puffing and eye rolling and again it's like if you've got a point to make go ahead and make it. Say it. I'll hear it. I don't even think you're totally crazy because everything you just said is perfectly spot on. I loved the Andrew Billings signings uh, a year ago, and we don't. I mean, he took a year off, and he could be Uh in great shape. He could come back exactly the same guy he was, or he could look like he's been out of touch. That could happen. That's a very valid critique. We don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know uh, what he looked like before because I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. He looks big now. You saw the picture? I saw that photo. He's a big boy. Yeah, he looks hefty. <laughs> he looks, he looks, and, and, he looks and that might not be a bad thing. The Browns might have told told him they yeah. wanted him to beef yeah. up. Like you don't we don't know. Yeah, who knows? But he was standing Was it the picture oh, of him next to Malik Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, he look he's like he makes Malik Jackson, who is an enormous man, not yeah. look like an enormous man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just I am really excited about about everything that the Browns are doing defensively. I, I was just trying to to say, you know, if you wanted to have that conversation, yeah. you could you could at least make legitimate points. Oh. But personally, oh, uh, sorry. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Personally, I, I I'm excited. I think Andrew Billings is going to be good. I'm really Malik Jackson is is one of the the rarer defensive tackles who can still rush the passer, and right. then and then you've got this entire logjam behind them of defensive tackles that you know that they can't all make the Browns roster, and most likely. Some of them will make another team, which oh tells you God, how much 100%. talent. That's something that Dan and I have talked about numerous times now. I mean, there's going to be – so, historically, we're the team who's scooping up a bunch of other guys who get cut from other teams because there's just no room because of said logjam. There are going to be some legitimate defensive players who might not be starters, but will definitely be – like, I would not be shocked to find out that if a guy or two or three – from the defensive side of the ball are, are going to get cut from the Browns and immediately become like a second stringer on somebody else's team. Well, I mean, you could look, I mean, look no further than that defensive tackle position. I mean, we have legitimately eight guys who oh. are NFL caliber defensive tackles. We're only going to keep four, maybe five if they do some yeah. roster shuffling yeah. um, or if they can get like Marvin Wilson on the practice squad, that guy that we signed uh, after the draft or something like that. Yeah. But, but there's going to be three or four guys that aren't going to make our opening day roster that are NFL caliber defensive tackles. And like that that's just that one position, but we haven't had that here. I mean, even last year we really didn't have that. 
usually, like you said, Ryan, we're scoping the waiver wire after the first week of training camp to try and sign bodies to fill out a roster. This year, teams are going to be coming to us and doing what we have been doing. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being like a linebacker or a tight end or a D tackle on the Browns right now and you're not like one of the top two or three guys in that mean, position like employee 51 yeah oh man i don't know oh, how you, man. i don't know how you feel about him i am pulling for this guy so hard speaking about like okay i <laughs> i've said this hey, before i'll say it again. i am too if he learned if he learns how to tackle people if i am he, too if he could play even half as good as that man tweets <laughs> he'd be fine he is he is so close so often and just can't come up to make the play and it, and I feel for the guy cuz I love the energy I love the excitement I love his I love so much about what the guy like portrays and feels and embodies but at the end of the day like yeah. as much as I love his twitter game it can't it can't cover up the fact that he was legitimately one of the worst-rated players, not just at his position, like at yeah. any position last year. He had a rough year. He had a bad he year, did. and it would suck because it, the year before it looked pretty damn promising. Like, okay, you know, yeah. ro- rookie woes here and there, but he was on the yeah. up and up. And then, boy, and let's last not year let's not forget that he was a fifth-round draft pick. It's not True. like he was a first-round pick True. that's completely yeah. flopped. Like John Dorsey took him in the fifth round, so yeah. he yeah. had a very good rookie year, which heightened expectations for him, but. Like we just talked about the defensive tackle position, you know, you could say the same thing with linebacker. With us signing Anthony Walker, we drafted JOK, you know. It's not, you know, the first two years of Mac Wilson's career, it's basically just been like, okay, you have a roster spot. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. No, it's definitely not. I mean, nobody can feel safe. Um, I mean, and I don't don't think many guys in the NFL walk (laughs) around feeling very, very safe because we know how comfortable of a business it is. Yeah. But especially now, uh, the Browns more yeah. than ever, nothing, like nobody is sacred, nobody is safe outside of a handful of positions. Oh, that's funny because that's Mac Wilson's tagline, nobody's safe. Yeah, nobody, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. I wish <laughs> Ding. I, I should have pretended like I did that on purpose, but I did I got not. you. <laughs> Appreciate you. I, um, you the, know what? You just, you look, you, you don't have to hear Andrew Barry say it to read between the lines. And when you look at his moves, yeah. right, when you, you sign Anthony Walker, you draft JOK, you re-sign Malcolm Smith, and oh, that's another one. you draft uh, Tony Fields. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's four linebackers that, that you are either bringing back or, or adding. I, I mean, and, yeah. and, that, and to me, that tells, tells us what Andrew Berry thought yeah. about what the position was. Right, especially after, and I was one of these people. To be perfectly fair, I I was also I took the bait in terms of like AB doesn't love the linebacker position, and so I don't yeah. think it's an area that's going to be massively targeted. And then boom, just what you just said between free agency and the draft. Look at all the all we added. Now, granted, we did say goodbye to BJ Goodson. Um, Taki Taki is going to probably he'll he'll maintain a spot. Taki Taki's yeah. not going anywhere just yet. If if not only for the fact that. Uh, you know he's he's an improving linebacker. He also plays special teams for us. Yeah. So like it, it's getting to it's getting to the point now where if you're one of those like fringe guys you on the roster, special teams. If you don't do something other than your position because our positions are so log jammed, if you don't say you know if you're not a bona fide starter, if you don't also excel on like special teams, your spot is very much up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and they just spent a third round pick on Jacob Phillips last year too. Right, who they yeah. who they really like, and he he just had a really injury prone season last year. And I just, I'll tell you yeah. what, when he played, he played pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, he, he looked like a rookie at some he's, moments, but he played very nicely. Given... He's another one of those slender but very fast type linebackers. I'm so I'm so excited for JOK. I'm so excited to see him. Out That's there. actually where I wanted to go next. I wanted to start start getting into our actual list that we, we prepared. <laughs> see, so loose, loose list. Yeah, loose list. <laughs> loose list. But you gave me a nice segue there. Hey. So, um, Nick and Ryan, you can go first since you kind of started it. But uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what is your favorite uh, addition uh, from the offseason, whether it be draft, free agency, could be offense or defense, whatever. Um, well, really not offense because we – basically brought back the entire offense. But yeah. um, who's your favorite addition uh, this offseason? So, man, I don't know if I can narrow it down. I'm probably between I'm probably between Greg Newsom and JOK, our first two picks. Yeah. I, I love – Way to go out on a limb. I know, yeah. I know that's going to be a shock to the world. I almost said Clowney, too, but I, mean, I figure why, why not ball hawk all three? Yeah. Um, Just take no, everybody's answers. I, I, I know, take everybody's answers right out the gate. So my thing is I am not I am not down on Greedy Williams, the player. I am a little bit down on Greedy Williams in, in terms of his ability to stay healthy. Now, I know it's a right. small sample size. He's a slender guy. I mean, even Denzel, who is elite, still has injury issues. I mean, that, yeah. that's just the, that's the nature of the beast. They're, they're smaller guys. He's been in the league and, three years. He hasn't played a full season yet. Right. And so yeah. just knowing how important the – I mean, everyone, at least in ter- from from what I kind of – when I look at the a, a defense in terms of priorities, everyone seems to be really excited about defensive, uh, the pass rush, especially on the edge. And I completely agree. That's super important. But just as important, and you could argue even more so, is a shutdown corner. Think about what, like, Darrell Revis did you know, at the at the height of his career. Think about what Richard Sherman was at the height of his career. I mean, a lockdown corner is invaluable. And so you can never have enough depth at that position. So I loved the Greg Newsom pick at the position we were at. It felt like not only a quality player, but also great value for the pick. And then JOK, it just, I mean, every, a lot of people had him as a first rounder and he slid because of this phantom heart thing that was or was not a factor. And so anytime you get a first round graded guy in the second round and we barely gave up anything to go get him we just essentially swapped picks we didn't even lose a pick we just swapped a couple those two for me they hit our biggest needs and felt like we didn't get screwed going out to go get him either the the building of uh the building the browns uh episode where they went behind the scenes for the draft was Probably my I, I, I love the building the Browns uh, series that they do. I'm obsessed with it. I watch every single episode every year. That one with the draft where uh, Kevin Stefanski goes to AB and he does the his eyes hey, go huge. AB goes <laughs> his eyes get big and yeah. he starts shaking his head. It's like, like that's that's big. Yeah. <laughs> that's big. That might have been my favorite. Like I don't know if you could say scene because it's a uh, show or it's a you know it's whatever. Yeah. But it's I my favorite like. Part like of that entire series yeah, yeah. was just Kevin Stefanski because we don't get that behind the scenes like look at like the coaches and stuff like like I, I've talked about this before like I, I worked for the football team at Bowling Green when I went to school there so I got a little bit of a, a behind the scenes like look like it's almost like on uh, National Signing Day for recruiting when, when our coaching staff got that got that guy that they spent so much so many hours trying to recruit and all that and they all went nuts it was almost like the same type of deal so it was cool to watch that and see. But uh, Nick, who is uh, who's your favorite um, off-season addition? I, I I'm with you. I just want to say, building the Browns is 
so good. Love Phenomenal. it. Uh, Phenomenal. Love it. Love uh, it. But so, uh, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan um, mentioned a, a, a bit about about how everyone's excited about the pass rush, and I know I know that's that's probably an easy answer, but so I'm most excited uh, about Jadavian Clowney because because when and and a lot of people are, I think are going to forget about this, but when Olivier Vernon went down, he was one of the the hottest defensive ends in the NFL. Absolutely, right? Right? absolutely. And oh, what? And for for Miles to to be you know less than 100 percent, and the Browns to lose Olivier Vernon right before the playoffs, and then you look at both playoff games, and Ben Ben did the Browns a lot of favors. Uh, True. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> um, but they they really did not um, breathe on Ben or Patrick Mahomes for the vast majority of either game. And so, to me, I just think when you look when you look at both of those games, and especially then, I think a further endorsement of it is the way that um, that the, the Buccaneers just were able to make Patrick Mahomes look human by pressuring him. Yes. Yeah. I just think Jadavian Clowney and, and, and Tack McKinley too are so important to to generating pressure, rushing the passer, uh, getting sacks, and, and, and taking advantage of all the attention that Miles Garrett gets. <clears throat> yeah, the the biggest the biggest like you mentioned Tampa Bay and in the Super Bowl, the biggest key with that was was their ability to get constant pressure with just the the defensive line, the front four. Tampa Bay mm-hmm. didn't blitz hardly at all in that game, um, but they just dominated with their defensive line and that was the key and if you can if you can if your defensive line can dominate and you can drop seven into coverage i you know there's no passing game in the nfl that's going to be successful like so like hard to be like, with, like the best quarterback that we've seen in the last 30 years in patrick mahomes like he was reduced to basically nothing in the super bowl yeah, just because like you said they made superman look yeah. human yeah exactly yeah I, I love both of those guys, too, not only for what they bring in terms of football, but the deals that A.B. did with them. It's it's There's very little to no risk. You know, yeah. one year, like, especially, I mean, Tack McKinley, it's just, he's lucky. I know, you were you were worried about the uh, the Devian Clowney. Uh, I was super high on getting Clowney because we did that song and dance for, what, a year and a half? Yeah. And I was just nervous yeah. about us getting sucked into something stupid in terms of crazy dollars for three or four years. This is going to be an awesome deal for both of us. He's going to look like a rock star this year, and somebody else is going to overpay him next year. That's fine. He's going to fill a void for right now for us, and it's a team-friendly deal. The cap's only going to go up. We'll find somebody else to replace, and he's going to go get paid stupid somewhere else. That's awesome. Fine. It's an interesting case of winning after losing because the year two years ago we tried to sign him, and – the reports say we offered him a three-year, like fifty-seven million dollar contract, and we got him this year for one year for eight million. With with max, two year with max, two year yeah. yeah two million dollars in incentives possibly. So, yeah. like, yes, Andrew Barry is is a genius, and I'm not not blaming him at all for trying to give Jadevian Clowney a ton of money, but kind of lucked out on that one. Absolutely, because yeah. you know Clowney. Only played half the year last year with the Titans and didn't have a sack. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, that that was going to be my answer as well. Um, I'm thrilled with the Clowney signing, uh, not only for the pass rush ability, but he's a elite run defender. 
and that's yeah. something that the Browns have. We weren't too too bad against the run last year, but historically, since we've been back, the Browns have been horrendous against the run. Yeah, and uh, he just takes he just takes uh, that much more pressure off of Miles um, to be able to like see quarterback get quarterback. Yeah. You know. And especially given the fact that we're playing in the AFC, we see Lamar twice a year and possibly in the playoffs, ah. and, and Pat Mahomes. Ah, like as as Lamar. As, no, I'm just as a I, run, know, I, I know I know your feelings on Lamar, but as a runner, he's very much a threat. And so even if I don't care, like Clowney could have four sacks on the year for all I care, because I feel confident right. that he's going to absolutely help address the run game. Something yeah. that. Now, granted, the Steelers are in a weird place because historically they're a strong running team. Right now, not so much. Uh, but the Ravens and and I'm not I'm not sleeping on the Bengals uh, offensive. <laughs> I'm not sleeping on the on the Bengals offense either in in, in their ability to to run the ball as well. So he, he's going to be super valuable and, and it's going to go way beyond sack total. I yeah, I totally agree. I I still think I still think about that game. Uh, against the Raiders, where they literally just averaged four yards a carry, yep. four point two or whatever, and we're just like, okay, we're just gonna give it to Josh Jacobs thirty-five times, and yep. uh, that's the game here, folks. That's, they they that they, sucks. they played that. they played AFC North football and beat us. Yeah, in our building. Yeah, yeah. I hate yeah, that game. Did. That game probably pissed me off more than anything. All that, honest to God, that Agreed. was so frustrating. Yeah, agree. Um, so. Because we, because we knew going into that game, and I know we didn't have Chubb, and then Miles right. hurts his shoulder during that game. Yep. And the weather's stupid. There but, was that uh, like, Jarvis Landry uh, touchdown, but not a oh, touchdown. Uh, the ball moved a little bit in his arms when that, he went to the ground. That whole game was so dumb. Sure. Start, <laughs> start, yeah. start to finish that game. That's pro- if you ask if you ask Browns fans, that was probably the most that was the most frustrating and most hated game. Yeah. Of all last year, even I would even include I would put that I was more pissed and annoyed about that than I was the Ravens game when we lost, like that, that sucked. Uh, you know that that sucked, but at least it's the uh, it, that was that I was the, that was the game of the year. We were in it. That was I, yeah. the and we NFL lost game of the. I know, but like it, we didn't. We to didn't to do Mr. A, Poopy Pants. Yeah. <laughs> at least I yeah. At least I didn't shit my pants that night. Yeah. By the way, there's. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go back to this. There's no way he didn't crap himself. No, he I'm did. sorry. He there's did. no way. He, he can say whatever he wants. He crapped his pants. <laughs> Side note: I just got video back, and I can see you guys moving again. Oh, it, it oh. froze for me for a second. Oh, so no. this is pretty cool. Oh, okay, awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize we lost that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Nah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you though. Um, by the way, Ryan, I, when you said that that was, they called that the regular season game of the year, and, and that's probably the least upset I've been after the Browns lost a game yeah. in a long time. Man, I, I'm it not, was, I'm not with you guys on that. I was, I was no? fuming for another 24 hours, giving uh, up the, giving, okay. letting, letting, injuring, injuring Trace McSorley, and then letting Lamar Jackson run on with a fresh, fresh pair of pants, and. <laughs> Run on on fourth, fourth and five, and throw that touchdown pass to beat us. Oh, that's stuck in my craw for no, a while. Don't get me wrong, that it sucked. I'm not, I'm not glad we lost, but at least I think what the, it was exciting. The, I, I, the difference I give you was that. is like we went toe to toe. Like that was the first time that on a national scale, people saw the Browns, honest to God, go blow for blow with a good team. Like yeah. earlier in the season, and it'd be legitimate. Yeah, you know, we would have a game every year where we would punch above our weight. Yeah, 
Remember, yeah. like early, so earlier in the season, we like we snuck out that that win against uh, the Bengals. Uh, the Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, like remarkable throw, the remarkable one, catch. Yeah, where Baker like, was like over in the first quarter and then yeah. didn't miss a pass the rest of the game. Went absolutely bananas. Like that was a game where we like we went punch for punch with another team, but it was the Bengals and it wasn't nationally yeah. broadcast and no one really cares about the Bengals right now. This was like this was Monday Night Football. This was a good team. This was yeah. a playoff a, a assumed playoff team. And we went, you know, at one point we actually almost left. Jen, so <laughs> my fiance Jen doesn't necessarily love football. She's sitting there. It's like twenty degrees. It's the middle of the night. We're down. We're we're, we're, we're about, down two touchdowns. We're about to go quarter. down three touchdowns. Or yeah. we, we were down two. Could have been three. And I I, t- I looked to her. I was like, if we go down three, we can get out of here and leave early because I knew she was miserable. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was a game. And so yeah, of course yeah. I agree, Dan. I would have loved to have won the game. I was very frustrated that Trace came back out and that Lamar came back in to lead that, you know, to score right on us. That sucked. It did. But the Raiders game just – we just didn't do anything right. It just kept failing. Like, we just kept spinning our wheels over and over and over, and nothing was working. And I think that was more frustrating than losing a a shootout with a good team. Because, like, I – the Raiders are not a bad team, but no one's really thinking no, about not. the Raiders. But like Nick said, we didn't have Nick Chubb in that game. The weather sucked. Like yeah, Miles wasn't right. Like we played, we won, but we played like garbage the week before against uh, Houston. So true. Uh, yeah. I, the law, and, and it, it's because it was the Ravens. And I have feelings about Lamar Jackson and how good I actually think he is, and it drives me nuts any time that he beats us. So. I just, the, the, the piece that sticks out to me is, uh, like you were saying, Ryan, is that we uh, we were in a position where the Browns could have gone down three touchdowns, and every other Browns team in the history that I've ever known them, like, just, just the, as soon as that, that door gets opened, they get blown out. Yeah, they it's go nuclear. They go nuclear. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I remember... Uh, so Baker had that, that one run in the end zone, but there was another one. I think it was like fourth and ten. Maybe it was fourth and more than that. But he threw a, a dime in, into the end zone. Uh, that was such a – it's the first time the I've seen the one that Rashard Higgins? Beat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just the first time that I had seen and, – and I know it, it sucks. You never want to lose a game. But the first time that, that the Browns were down against a good – especially a division rival – and they bring it – instead of, you know, just getting the doors blown off, they bring it right back to Tide, and, and they're right there to win the game. And, and to me, I just – you needed that confirmation that it, it's like – you know, they're like, oh, when Baker throws five touchdowns versus the Bengals, they're like, it's the Bengals. And then when he right. throws four touchdowns versus the Titans, they're like, the Titans play no defense. Yeah. But but when he leads them back versus the Ravens, and I – I'm, I, I agree. I'm still frustrated about the game, but at least you know the Browns right. are right there with a good team. Yeah, it was like it was like the fir- even though we lost, which sticks in my craw. It was the first game where, after the game, you didn't have like the Stephen A. Smiths or the Marcus Spears or, you know, any of the other guys in the national media who are you know or Brandon Marshall who are noted Baker detractors. Like even though they lost, they even had to give it up. Like, you know, he just played the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it, it. Even though we lost, it was that certain, you know, feeling of like validation because, like, you know, we know. I, I know that you're a big Baker fan, Nick. Ryan and I are huge Baker fans. Um, so it was, it was like that first, first like day after that, like Monday morning quarterback, where 
we didn't have to turn on ESPN and hear some some you know uh, some bagpipe talk about how uh, Baker still hasn't proven himself or beaten a good or played well against a good defense or or something like that. So I get that aspect of it. I'm just man, if that was the game of the year candidate against any other like team not in the division, I probably would be with you, Ryan. The fact that it's the Ravens, I don't care what happens. The fact that we lost that drives me crazy. I get it, and and I I totally understand because I I dislike the Ravens, and I know Dan will probably disagree with this. I hate the Ravens more than I hate the Steelers. Like I oh, wow. I I so I I don't know what it is about it. Like they've both been so good for so long, and we've tip, and typically have had our number. But the, the differentiation for me is the Ravens, in my mind, shouldn't even be exist. They shouldn't be in our division because we got screwed yeah. out of our. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so yeah. don't get me wrong. I hate. I, I very much hate the Steelers, but it's it pales in comparison. You you look at what the Ravens do offensively, and you're you're just like this team should not be winning all of these games. At least I feel that way. I totally I, agree. I, they run an offense that's that's like it's like a college level offense from like 15 years ago. Somebody and, I saw someone like, I forget who it was somebody on Twitter called them like the um, the the Navy of the NFL. Yeah, well, they, so so Greg <laughs> Romans, Greg Romans, their offensive coordinator. They run the same offense that the 49ers ran in 2012 with Colin Kaepernick. It's the same exact offense. And they now, went to the Super Bowl. Agreed. Very much. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> but. It's like, this is why I'm not, like, I, I will never be, I, to be honest with you, I'll never be sold on Lamar Jackson until he wins a Super Bowl throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns because I, I don't believe that he's an actual, he's, he's the greatest athlete to ever play the position of quarterback, even better than Michael Vick. I, I, I'll give that. But I don't think he's a very good passer. And I'll I'll go to that to my grave. I don't, like we were talking before the episode. Ryan's uh, afraid that they're going to trade for Julio Jones, and I said I don't care if they trade for Julio oh, Jones because I don't think they have a quarterback that can get him the ball. I completely disagree. I think you there put is a- one of one of my and, and to, to build off your point, Dan, because that is a great point. There is a a montage. I, I, I wish I could tell you who credit who came who put it together, but I can't. But it is it is Marquise Brown. Being wide open oh, yeah. all over the field, and Lamar just missing him high, yeah. low to the side, uh, like just because you know a lot of people knock Marquise Brown. I actually think he's a good receiver. Yeah. But 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 the one indisputable fact is that he gets open, and for whatever reason, Lamar just a lot of the time does not hit him. Could you imagine Marquise Brown on the Browns? Because he was he was oh, Baker God. was his quarterback in college, and yeah. Baker made Marquise Brown. Like he made him a first round pick. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't think it, there's there's a reason why free agent wide receivers did not want to sign with the Ravens. I'm sorry, there is, and the reason why they're trying to fool everybody into thinking that Sammy Watkins is going to have this like career renaissance because he went to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. I'm sorry, he might run for two thousand yards and they might win the Super Bowl that way. That's fine. They can do that. But you're never going to tell me that Lamar Jackson is a good passing quarterback. Just not going the, to. The weirdest thing to me today, um, and shout out to uh, Johnny Kinsley for putting it together. Um, We're big on shout outs on this podcast. So shout out. Uh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
I appreciate that. Uh, but he he went through and took every quarterback and 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 compiled all their stats of throws twenty one yards and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I saw this tweet. From, yeah. uh, sorry, what? I think I saw this tweet. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so so I was looking at it and and, and I thought it would be. Um, I looked at his 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 whole breakdown, and I thought it would be interesting to just go through the AFC North quarterbacks. And the funny, the fun, the weirdest thing to me is because I agree with you that Lamar really struggles. But the weirdest thing out of it all um, is that Lamar was number two out of our division's quarterbacks um, of yards of passes, twenty-one yards and over. Uh, he was accurate on 48% of them, which was which came in at 20th overall in the NFL. So I mean, he's below average as right. a as a 21 yard and over right. passer, but that is that's second in, right. in, in but, our division. But he's all but so so but he's he's ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, who can't throw it more than 10 yards anymore. Shot and yeah. and Joe Burrow, who was great uh, as a rookie, but he's a rookie and. If you go back to the first game we played against uh, the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, for the most part, at least in his rookie year, and this is probably by design because their offensive line blows, is a three-step drop, get the ball out of your hands quarterback. So he's not throwing the ball down the field very often. Yeah. So that doesn't really surprise me that Lamar's second. It, yeah. like, it, 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 it holds true that, like you said, that it's second in our division, but it's 20th in the NFL. I guess the, yeah. my concern is – and I, I – I, I hear you guys. I really do. I don't think either of you are crazy by any stretch. My thing is, if you're telling me that Lamar is, like you just said, about 50-50, just under 50-50 on yeah. passes, on deep ball passes, I don't want to give somebody who's got a coin flip toss of a chance Julio Jones. Because he, think about like having a good receiver, a Larry Fitzgerald, uh, a Julio Jones, a Randy Moss years ago, you know, yeah. I don't want to give somebody who's got a coin flip chance, somebody who's got a massive ass catch radius who can go up and get it, you know, yeah. to that guy. Now, at the end of the day, you're right. He's got to show up and throw the ball downfield with consistency to prove it. I think my thing is I'm still terrified of his athleticism oh, sure. and the how do you address it that he can throw enough to burn you like we saw it on monday night right like he he wasn't elite at throwing downfield in that game because if he was we probably would have it would never would have gone as far as it did but it's just maybe i'm like living off the fear or whatever but um i think i I think some of it's got to be like like you said the fear and it's the fear of him developing that part of his game because if he does develop that part of his game he's unstoppable yeah he's he and pat mahomes are not patrick mahomes are now in the same conversation i mean i probably think he would be better because like i said yeah, he, he, lamar jackson is the greatest athlete to ever play quarterback i would say he's, he's certainly better I him mean, and michael vick yeah yeah, yeah. which be, i don't i don't recognize michael vick because he uh, electrocuted dogs he so. did some nasty things yeah was not, yeah not not a great guy I, I, do, I do agree with you though like you you never no matter who it is or or, or what you never want to see another team in your division get a significant weapon yeah right sure like, I, I mean Although, I'll tell you what, though, Daniel made a good point. Pre Again, this was before we started recording. He was like, you know what? If the Ravens give up, like, a first-rounder or, like, if, if the Ravens give up significant assets for a, an aging player, I don't hate that. You know what I mean? If that That's future sure, ammunition yeah. that they don't have. That's let's, that's not a bad Yeah, point. I mean, let, let's say the Ravens get desperate and, uh, you know, it gets close to the season and they're like, hey, uh, yeah, let's do Julio Jones for a number one pick. I'm happy if I'm a Browns fan. 
They're giving up their first round pick yeah. for a 32 year old receiver that played half of the year last year. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. No. Well, I, I think that's fair. Um, by by all measures, I think he just had his his worst season of his career, sure. or, or close to. Sure. So I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, as you get older, you're you're going to start to decline. So yeah. So yeah, it, and especially because you know they're going to be in the same position we are, um, where you know you're paying your quarterback, yeah. money starts getting tight. So they're about like, to get weird in Baltimore and Cleveland. For, for them, their money's already tight. I mean, the the Ravens are up against the cap already. Yeah. So that's why yeah, I. I yeah. That's why I don't really I don't really see them getting involved with Julio Jones. I can't. They're up against the cap. I can't really see them adding a sixteen million dollar a year wide receiver. But I mean, you never know. Unless they did some massive restructuring, yeah, I mean, it's which possible. is not out of the realm of possibility, but it would be tough. Yeah. And so I tell you what, we've gone down the rabbit hole again to get kind of back to that to our list of questions. Yeah, this and topics. is this isn't a Ravens yeah, podcast. Let's this stop is, this. Well, I, kind of on a, on a tangent. Uh, in my mind. It's the Browns and the Ravens. I don't Agreed. think the Bengals are the Bengals they used to be. I think Joe, Joe Burrow is a great athlete, um, and I think that they have done some things to make themselves a better team. They're not there yet. They're building. Um, the Steelers, it doesn't really matter to me uh, what they've done. Drafting a first-round running back to address. <laughs> I got to stop saying <laughs> I really got to stop saying the name. Can you hear um, that, Nick? I, I vaguely, but no, I, I don't know. Here, I'll, I'll play it again. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. Did you hear it there? It's the good morning, good afternoon, I, good night, Pittsburgh. I heard like little parts of it. It's very okay. Um, my bad. So, yeah. so there's a there, there's a there's a sound effect of it goes back a couple years. It's it's actually not the Steelers, but it's the Pittsburgh Penguins when they played the Washington Capitals. So okay. the Capitals beat the the Penguins in Game Seven, and their announcer just the top of his lung screams good morning good afternoon and good night pittsburgh so any any time somebody on this show says the word pittsburgh i play that and it doesn't get old and, it, at all. And, 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 and and i'm the only one on this show that it brings joy i like it yeah absolutely like it. well at any rate that team has a quarterback i won't play it again whose arm is just just toasty toast. Did you guys see yeah. today? He said that uh, his that elbow surgery he had at the beginning of last year was a total elbow reconstruction. I didn't realize yeah. it was that bad. I mean, I knew it was clearly not good. I didn't know. I, didn't I was know. so thrilled when he re-signed for another year. Oh, I'm fine with it. I'm, and I tell you what, Mason talk about Rudolph, glue factory. I'm more. I we talked about this. So <laughs> I don't know how you fit. They gave him an extension too. I know, and I'm more. I'm more worried about Mason Rudolph than I am Big Ben because ah. at least no, because look, Mason could th- at least he could throw the ball downfield. Ah. Their wide receivers, I wouldn't take them over ours, but they're not scrubs. If you want to just play <coughs> play jackpot and throw the ball downfield, yeah. Mason Rudolph's got the arm to do it more yeah. far more than uh, Ben Roethlisberger does. This is but, true. At any rate, in terms of if I'm looking at the division and I'm looking at the Browns' schedule, in my mind it's a two, it's a two horse race between us and Baltimore, and you know could go a, a coin flip you know here or there. I I lean towards the Browns. I, I say that cautiously. On paper, yeah, on paper, uh, on paper sure. it should be us. But again, you never know who's going to be hurt at various points in the season. But I don't know, Nick. What? How are you feeling? Like, so we always like to play the schedule game and go through and. In terms we're not going to do that now. Yeah, we're not going to go game by game, of course. But like big picture, how do you see the season shaking out? And because I'm terrified of our road schedule, I feel great about our home schedule, but our road schedule is pretty rough. 
and and our division it's one of the better divisions in football with an up-and-coming Bengals uh a a you know who just to the east who were i i listen i'm not gonna i'm telling you that the the Bengals offense is is their coach blows their coach does suck. I, I don't have confidence in. I the like coach. I like Joe Burrow a lot. They I they're not going the, the rape and, and the I, I will say this. They're and I I don't mean to uh, torpedo what you're about to say, but um, their roster is improved. I just I, I don't trust that coaching staff. I like Joe Burrow. They didn't they sort of addressed the O line, but they really didn't. Like they had an opportunity to draft Panay Sewell in the first round, who is a left tackle that that guy's dream of having I mean, you saw the lions reaction when he I, fell to them I, oh, I agree. they lost their minds I, and thought, I, I thought it would be obvious as i'll get out that you take sewell there but i so i'm i went to school in the dayton area i've got a bunch of bengals friends and a bunch of bengals people uh, you know friends on twitter as well and they were all it was like 80 90 wanted to go with um chase with the wide receiver they all wanted yep. because they, they did a couple things to address uh, offensive line in free agency, and then they picked up a couple couple more guys in the later rounds. They seem happy with it. I disagree, but at the end of the day, right. you know what they remind me of? The, the the Bengals right now remind me kind of of the Browns under Freddie. Like, they've <laughs> theoretically got skilled position yeah. players and talent, but you don't really trust any of it to actually come together. Yeah. I, I think that um, – go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. I, I just want to say about the Bengals, um, I'm not here to compare Joe Burrow to Andrew Luck, but there, it, I feel like there's parallels between the sure. way the Colts had Andrew Luck and invested in everything but protecting him. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, yes. And he retired and, at age 29. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not wishing injury on the guy. Right. It just seems like, you know what, Andrew Barry came into the Browns and – the first thing he did, and by no coincidence to me, is you signed Jack Conklin. Yep. You use your first pick to, to draft Jedrick Wills. Yep. Uh, and you go out and you go out and you hire uh, one of the greatest Joe offensive Callahan. line coaches of all time. Yeah. I mean, and I, yeah. I think smart teams build from the inside out. Hundred um, percent. Jinx, you owe me a coke. Hey. <laughs> so so it's just to me. It, it feels like they and you know good for us but it feels like they they just want the the shiny toys and the oh you know, yeah what what's boring may not be flashy but i think it would have benefited them far more oh i than, I, like, I completely agree it's it is so much more sexy to go pick a skill position player in the first round the wide receiver i mean but, even look at look and at it's and it's the one harris too right, as well uh, like, that, yeah that, okay but no but like think about like think about how backwards it is those those yinzers think he's gonna rush for like two thousand yards cr- and catch it, for and receive for 1200 yeah, yards it is crazy to me how, how their how offensive line sucks anybody who can watch football with any kind of regularity can think that a good running back like a, a good good plus or even better running back can outrun look at what happened to saquon barkley i mean like yeah. it's he was drafted so i mean it, it, it just it's craziness to me you can take <clears throat> a very average running back yeah. and make him look really good behind a quality offensive line in a good intelligently run scheme i mean think about yeah. like the san francisco 49ers recently a, a slew of undrafted or late round backs 
and that's it, the that's the Shanahan way, man. That is you can and, and Shan, that 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 style that style of roster building and coaching won the Denver Broncos two Super Bowls in the nineties. Yeah, and it's you really it's so backwards to go running back. It's I I know I understand it sounds counterintuitive to say my running game stinks, so I'm not going to draft a running back. You need to fix the trenches, Nick. You just said it yeah. too. Both lines, it's if you can control the line of scrimmage, regardless of which phase of the game you're talking about, if you control the line of scrimmage, you get to dictate how the game is played, and from yep. there you now get to implement your system. Right. Instead of, yep. I would love, if you beat me at my own game, fine. You're the better team. I can live with it. It sucks, but whatever. It happened. I don't want to play your game. Yep. I want to play my game. Yeah, and uh, the last thing I'll say uh, about the Bengals, and we need to actually talk about the Browns for a little bit. <laughs> I know, right? We're, We're talking, about, the, talking about everybody, yeah. but <laughs> um, uh, to me, it's it's it was absolutely like I get okay, I I get the parallels. The you know, uh, Joe Burrow was Jamar Chase's quarterback at LSU. You know, you want to uh, reunite familiar, you know, familiar uh, chemistry or whatever. Yeah, familiar people who are familiar with each other. I get it, but. Your offensive line is the reason why Joe Burrow had a major knee injury last year. Blown up. For you to not use your resources and your assets, I get that they took offensive line in the later rounds, but the top offensive tackle, left tackle prospect in the draft was staring you at the in the face. I mean, that was he's unless something and you crazy decided happens, not to take him like you just that's just on, you just passed on joe thomas essentially is what you're telling me sure that, that, absolutely in my mind like he was the next and left you, tackle for he's he's going to be the lions left tackle if they don't screw this up for the next yeah 10 to 15 and years. you passed on a, yeah. a guy uh potentially a, a joe thomas ilk who's actually going to protect for a quarterback worth his salt like in joe burrow right like the browns drafted yeah Joe Thomas, uh, yeah, we did draft Brady. Protect, like, we did draft Brady Charlie Quinn. And, we drafted Brady Quinn in the same draft, but you know he didn't work out, and it wasn't Joe Thomas's yeah. fault. But um, yeah, I just it, it's crazy to me that the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase, and he might he might be the next Randy Moss. Who knows? But sure, did, did Randy Moss win a Super Bowl? Here's the thing, too, is wide receivers. Uh, like, nope. I, uh, I, wide receivers are weird, man. Like, think about like. How many elite wide receivers did Tom Brady throw to? Randy Moss. But did they win the Super Bowl that year? No. They went undefeated and didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, so you could make the argument that he was close. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, like... But that's not... Again, if you have a quality offensive line, if you've got a quality quarterback, you can make the skill position players work. Like, in the, in the yeah. with, with the way the economics of today's games works, you're going to pay an absolute fortune to your quarterback... You're going to pay an absolute fortune to your defensive edge rusher or rushers. Yeah. And you're probably going to pay a fortune to a corner. Yep. There's only so many dollars to go around. So if I'm running a franchise, the rest of my priority is going to be on the line, both sides of it. Yep. And I'm going to gap fill with the with, with whatever I can figure out on the outside, you know, and, and figure out the rest. Like It's, you know, like Julian Edelman, it's crazy. People are talking about Julian Edelman to the Hall of Fame. Like, Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's no. got no. one of the greatest postseason stat lines by yes. virtue of being Tom Brady's go-to guy for yes. so many years. He's a, he's a, he's a great receiver. Like, Absolutely. there's a difference between great and Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, people people, yeah. people don't realize that distinction. too often. People right. That drives me crazy. Oh, I know. Everybody's the GOAT nowadays. Yeah. Do you realize what that, what that actually stands for? That's super sidebar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not talking no, about the Patriots either. Yeah. 
So, um, at any rate, I'm looking at the division, looking at all the things that the teams around us have done, yada, yada. I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be us or the Ravens who have a shot to win the AFC North. I mean, without uh, any hesitation, we have to make the playoffs. Otherwise, this year's a massive disappointment. Yeah. How far, yeah. Nick, how far do you see us going? Like, do you realistically see us going to the Super Bowl? Do you see us making the AFC title? Where do you see the Browns ceiling and floor? Um. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Really um, question. I do think so. I, I've been I have not been shy about the fact that I think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. So I'm, I'm going to say that the ceiling is the Super Bowl, which is shocking to even utter. Um, so funny, but you, you, you look at you look at the, the Browns. The Browns barely even had half a secondary last year. And we're in the divisional rounds of the playoffs. Yes. And, and had a shot they, going down to the wire. Yeah, uh, you're you're trotting practice squad DBs out there. You've got half of Miles Garrett. Um, you lost your, your one of, like like we said that one of the hottest defensive ends in football in Olivier Vernon, um, and, and still there you are, right? So so to me, and and one of my favorite things to say um, is aside from the Buccaneers, the only team that didn't lose anything offensively is the Browns. Hundred percent. The Browns, and that's them. That's you know what we preach so long about continuity, um, and and building and all that stuff. And it's like here the Browns are bringing everybody back for a second year for like for literally the first time. They're they're one of only two teams in the NFL, and it's it's the first time in in our lifetime. I I I, I would be shocked if that wasn't the truth. Um, I did try and go back and look at that, but it's really hard to keep track of every single edition. No, I, I, I hear you. I do. Um, but so so you you got the whole offense that we saw really get going down the stretch. Baker Mayfield finally finally is in a, a system for more than one year. Love that. And part. then yeah, and, and then and then the Browns. So so the the Patriots blew everybody away with with all their additions. So I, I'm not gonna, but. Defensively, I think the Browns added more than any other team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I yeah. So, I mean, I mean, there's what two, maybe three defensive starters coming back. Yeah, probably. I mean, so Miles and Denzel and Ronnie Harrison, who was hurt off and on most yeah. of the season, everybody else. May, I mean, maybe if you consider Taki Taki a starter, maybe him too. Yeah, true. So like yeah. three, three, four guys or, yeah, or starters. I would say, I would say like. Uh, Taki Taki and Ronnie Harrison were like half starters, so maybe yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that defense it completely revamped. I mean, can you imagine? And obviously, I know this is fantasy land, but can you imagine if this defensive uh, unit played against Patrick Mahomes last year? How differently that mm-hmm. game feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, we got to um, see how they gel together. But yeah, I, yeah, the 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 talent upgrade on defense is staunch. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, it's it's the best of both worlds. We the defense completely f- flipped the script in terms of adding an absolute ton of talent, and Baker Mayfield and the entire offense has an entire year under their belt of learning the system, learning the plays. Like, think about how much better they're going to understand each of their own responsibilities, each yeah. each different concept, all the different trick plays that they that they've already run, and all the new wrinkles that they can continue to add. 
I mean, it's it's a great it's a great marriage between infusion of talent and now in, on, on the defensive side and then on the offensive side the ability to to continue to learn and, and, and grow together. It's 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 super exciting. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if you went through and did like a, a game by game. It's mm-hmm. weird. I keep doing the math wrong because now there's 17 games and I keep trying to add the games up to equal 16. But <laughs> I think for me. My absolute floor. I really am legit now. I, I'm super excited for so many reasons, but I'm also still like I, I feel like I'm kind of kind of like with the beer. I'm also kind of like the Russian judge with the schedule because <laughs> I get a little I get a little bit doom and gloom. I think our floor is 11 and six because I'm kind of afraid of some of these road games. But our, I think our ceiling is going to be 13 and four. Four, 14 and three seems a bit too optimistic for me, but yeah. I think truly, sincerely, at worst, we're looking at 11 and six, um, w- which would likely mean a wild card. God, if we missed out on the playoffs, that'd be pretty damn terrible. But um, it would just be—it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. I don't know if you have like a a kind of expectation on where you're feeling that the, the season might go. Um, so I like where your head's at. Um, and I will admit admit that I so I have uh, gone through and done uh, schedule by schedule, uh, game by game schedule, um, and I was sipping the Kool Aid a little bit. My the only <laughs> prediction I've ever done is I said the Browns are going to go fourteen and three, Let's and they're going to win the division, there we go. and they're going to host a playoff game. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. At fourteen that's where and I ended up. I, um, I, I predicted they lose to New England, the Steelers, and. I think the Packers. I, yeah, I think we're getting a lump of coal on Christmas, maybe. But, wow! So you you um, have you have a sweeping the Ravens, huh? And beating yes. the Chiefs. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, I Kevin will say. never lost back-to-back games. Oh, he there you go. Lost his last game. Can't, hey. can't do it. Sorry. I will say this. I will say this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes gave us a little bit of bulletin board material today. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he talked about uh, talking about how uh, he wants oh, to go twenty and zero this year, yeah. So the, fir- the first the first chance the first chance to go twenty and zero is against the Browns. That, everybody yeah. says the goal is hey, to win every game. Hey, you gotta find you gotta find motivation <laughs> anywhere you can get it. Yeah. So no, I, I, hey, I agree. Hey, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm saying I'm telling my guys he he's already looking past us because he's talking about going twenty and zero, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. So let's let's take that goal down week one. So yeah, I, you know, I I, I uh, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. So, no, I, I just want to say I know I'm I'm Mr. Positive, but when you look at last season, and despite the fact that that the Browns have added so much, the schedule is significantly more difficult. Sure. Um, in my opinion, I, I'm with you on that, Ryan. And I do think that the floor is missing the playoffs, um, because yeah. they needed to win every game they won last year. Yep. To get in. And that that margin for error is so slim. Right. Right. So, so I, I, while I do think that the Browns will have a great season and will win the division, and and we go from there, the the, the floor to me is missing the playoffs. Yeah. I, I guess, uh, like like Ryan was saying, how uh, the road schedule is very tough. I do agree with that. Um, I I have us at thirteen and four, and I have us. Okay. <sighs> As tough as our road schedule seems to be, excuse me, I think our home schedule is that much easier. We've got a ton of tough, uh, or a ton of, sorry, geez, I'm getting the hiccups. 
a ton of easy home games this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about I mean, the Bengals will be improved, but you're talking about the Bengals. You're talking about the Texans. You're talking about uh, shoot, the Bears. The Bears. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But will Justin Fields be starting by the time we play them at oh, home? He'll be starting week one. You think? I, I, maybe. I don't, I don't buy any of the – I mean, no disrespect to Andy Dalton. I don't buy any of the hype. Right, yeah. I, I think that, you know – well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I get the spirit of it. So, in, so, so if you're thinking 13-4 and – So I, I'm thinking we go – I think we go 8-1 and one at home. Because remember, we have that ninth home game. It's against Arizona. Arizona's tough. I, uh, I, 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 man, I'm not sleeping on the Cardinals. I'm not saying I'm overwhelmingly impressed with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is another guy that he's better at passing the ball than Lamar Jackson. But I think if we were a Cardinals podcast, we'd feel as confident about Kyler as we do about Baker. Hmm. I agree. I really do. Yeah, like, probably. I, I, probably. I, I, you're yeah. right. So, like, I, I, I don't sleep on them either. So, in, if you're looking at four losses, are you thinking Kansas City, a Ravens game? Yes. Yes. Who are your uh, other two, then? Because twelve and five is where I I, I I feel most confident at twelve and five, but I think the the floor is eleven and six. See, I think I, it, I'm it, nervous the, about the Chargers. Herbert scares me. I am too. Yeah. And Joey Bosa. True. Not a scrub. Yeah, I mean, there could be one of those games where we just you know, like the Raiders game last year, we yeah. just don't show up. We just up. lay an egg. And yeah. Don't, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, the Packers game is a potential loss, depending on how the Aaron Rodgers situation shakes out. Yeah, we don't knows? know. Yeah. It's hard for me to see us going into Lambeau that late in the year if Aaron Rodgers is playing and beating the Packers in Lambeau. I completely agree. Um, so that's what three, three losses I have. I'm actually so not. I, I have Kansas City, the uh, the the Ravens on the road, and the Packers on the road. So I have, that's three road losses. I got to find a home loss somewhere. Arizona, maybe. <sighs> I don't. What is our? We played the Chargers on the road or at I home? I think Chargers is on the yeah, road. Yeah, on the road. Which is why I'm worried about that because we're, we're traveling to the West Coast. I can't have us going undefeated at home. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a slip so it's, up I, yeah, it's, yeah, there's an upset. So yeah. We're not going to lose to Pittsburgh Maybe the Pittsburgh Ravens. Yeah, but then I, w- then I would have us being That'd be- uh, getting swept by the Ravens, and I don't think that's going to oh. happen. Oh, uh, boy. Could be Pittsburgh on Halloween. Uh, I don't think we're going to lose to Pittsburgh at home. I don't have the schedule like in front this. of me. I don't remember all of our home yeah. home opponents. Uh, um, Detroit, Houston, Chicago. No, we're, not, we're not losing to Detroit yeah. or Houston. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see. We go. Hmm. Uh, let's see. We're at Bears at see Bears at home is tricky to me because they have a very good defense, and if Justin Fields is who I think he is, I think that's a possible trip-up game. Or mm-hmm. I'll say this. If Aaron Rodgers does get traded, I think one of the most logical destinations for him, and I hate to say this because I hate this team, is the Broncos. Mm-hmm. If he go, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos, I could see them coming in here and beating us. Yeah, I'm not remotely afraid of the Broncos with uh, what's-his-face. Who's that bozo? Drew Locke. I'm not scared of them with Drew Locke at all. Yeah. But you put an Aaron Rodgers on that team, it's a very different yeah. conversation. Right. And, yeah, I – the card, yeah, I guess the card, the the Cardinals. It's not a, uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that we're. I guess we're going to win that game. I will say this though, weren't we? I can't remember who put this out. Weren't we favored in like, ever? We were either favored or a pick'em, 
in every game but the Chiefs game, I think. I can't remember uh, that who put I that out. I think it was either I think it was a draft it was it was one of the the obviously one of the betting sites. I don't know if it was MGM, I can't remember. But I think they had us obviously they had us underdogs against the Chiefs and I think the Ravens on the road was a pick 'em and the Packers wow. game was a pick 'em. They didn't have lines on those wow. games. And I think the Packers one is because we don't know how the Aaron Rodgers situation is going to shake out. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I have us going thirteen and four. Um, let me ask you this: What are your thoughts on? You know, obviously we all saw the uh, the video montage that OBJ uh, put out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Was it yesterday or maybe the day before? What are your expectations for him coming back this year? So, so I'm really excited because uh, it definitely looks like he has put in the work. Yeah. Um, into his rehab. Now, I, I'm I'm someone that that believes that that Odell makes the Browns better, mm-hmm. and I know that's controversial because of the timing of everything. Right. But when you look, especially to me, so in the most important game of the season against the Chiefs, the they gave the Browns zero respect mm-hmm. in terms of the receivers' ability to beat them over the top. Right. And that that scrunched down the run game. It scrunched down the screen game, which Nick Chubb has been lethal on, um, and it forced Baker Mayfield to to literally to complete passes. He was throwing dimes, right, uh, in tight windows. All and so I just think that the separation that he creates, even if he's not catching the ball, which I think he'll do, but that that is such a difference to me in sure. what the Browns' offense can be. Right, and so I I think I think with with Baker finally having a, a second year in a system and he and Odell having it be, because that's something nobody talks about, right? Is that we all chalk up 2019 to the, to an, to an anomaly um, that it ended up being with Freddie and, and drawing up plays in the dirt and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so then to, to I, you know, I'm just saying, so to me, then I think we need to extend the same, the same pass to Baker and Odell, not getting on the same page that year and and so then then even even though at times it looked painful last year with Odell he still had the second most so he had three receiving TDs and one rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. but his four touchdowns were tied for second among Browns receivers in touchdowns right and and so I mean that that's a guy that makes your team better is yeah. what I'm trying to say. I know that's a long way, but but to me, um, what do you think, Dan? No, I 100% agree with you. I, it's convenient, like you said, it's convenient the timing of his injury and kind of where Baker took off. I I don't I don't I don't agree with the with the sentiment that uh, you know the Browns got better because OBJ went out with injury. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. You don't understand how football is played if you actually believe that. Um. <sighs> I I'm super excited for OBJ to come back. Um, I just it's I, I feel like not that it's like some people would say it's like it's it's too too good to be true. Uh, having all these weapons and all this stuff, I just think it's it's too good to fail. If that makes sense, like I think I attribute more of 
Baker and OBJ and the offensive struggles the first year of the first half of the year last year is learning a new offense. Baker is in his was in his fourth offense in his first three seasons. Um, you know, they like you said, they just came off a season of Freddie Kitchens basically drawing up plays in the dirt. Uh, you know, and they, you know, the Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski talked about this ad nauseum in the off season, how they used the, the the bye week last year to kind of reevaluate and be like, okay, this is what our this is what our guys do best at. This is how now we're going to cultivate our offense, and we're going to go from there. And boom, right after that is when OBJ went down, and then you saw everything take off because they adjusted the way the offense was going to be called because of the first half of the season. So I think second year in the same offense, Baker's going to thrive. He's never had that so far in the NFL. Um, we're still we're, we're like we're bringing back the entire offense and adding OBJ, who we didn't have for the stretch run last year. I, it's I think I think Baker. I, w- I will admit that at times maybe, especially in the Freddie Kitchen season that Baker maybe forced it a little bit too much to Odell. But I think the way that they called the offense um, kind of incentivized him to do that. Uh, I think second year in Kevin Stefanski's offense, Baker's going to be much more confident. He's going to take control of this offense, and he's going to be the leader that he showed in the second half of the year and in the playoffs. Um, You know, people forget that as a quarterback – I mean, as for the Browns, what has he done? What has he not done that you want him to do? I mean, short of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he's he's uh, he's by far and away the best quarter. I mean, that's not saying much, but he's by far and away the best quarterback we've had since '99. Uh, he's beaten the Steelers now numerous times. He's beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's beaten the Ravens not last year, but the year before. Um, he's won a playoff game. He's won a playoff game on the road in Heinz Field. Like, his confidence should be sky high right now. And he's coming back into an offense that he's now familiar with, and he's adding a weapon like Odell Beckham. I, I don't know how this offense does anything but improves even more. And you got to remember, last year Nick Chubb missed four games. Um, so hopefully he's healthy the whole year. We have we have Kareem Hunt with him. We still have the offensive line completely intact. So I I'm excited for OBJ. I th- you know I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna take OBJ at his word that you know is he is he going to step right in and get 100 catches next year? Probably not. But that's because we have a ton of weapons on this offense. So I'm gonna take him at his word. He said he said as long as we win, it doesn't matter. So. You know, there might be games where he has three catches and for 43 yards. There might also be games where he has eight catches for 130 and two touchdowns. So, but if we're winning, everything should be great. But I think uh, OBJ is going to come back in and fit in nicely with this offense because I think it has an established rhythm and tempo now to where, you know, he comes in and Stefanski, Baker, Jarvis, you know, OBJ is always going to listen to Jarvis. But they're going to be like, okay, we know that this works. Let's make it even better with you. So um, it's not it's not a situation that he came into when he first got traded, where you know we have we had a first year head coach who had never you know been a co- never been more than a position coach really before calling plays and whatever. 
you know, this is an established thing that he's coming back into. So I think he's going to be more comfortable. I think Baker's going to be more comfortable. And uh, I think the offense is going to shine even that much more. I think one thing I would love to retire, and, and neither of you directly said this, but I think it's kind of always flirting in the in the ether with OBJ is the whole he's a diva like thing. He has done, in my mind, he has done nothing in Cleveland but be a team guy. He's excited to play with his best buddy Jarvis. He's been a great teammate to Baker. He, he got hurt, and that sucked. People yeah. forget that we don't win that Dallas game without OBJ. No. And that kind of talent, you can't replace that. Like no. I, I refuse to believe that a team gets better by removing a guy of his caliber. So I'm, I'm completely with you, Dan, as well, on, on, in terms of what he brings to the team. Honestly, outside of the whole, I think the watch thing was probably the one thing that people could point to. Outside of the whole watch thing in Cleveland, he's been nothing but a quality teammate who's done nothing but support the guys around him. Yeah. He's he's not done or said anything outrageous. He's not making any crazy demands. People love to throw out the trade rumor nonsense, but he's done none of that is 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 tied back or attributed to him. It's just a bunch of, you know, fans and Yahoos or or, or heck even media folks who also like, to yeah. will yeah. that into in right because they they're looking for storylines. They love he, to talk like Shannon Sharp says like oh he doesn't want to be there anymore like what are you talking about? He's been he's been essentially silent this entire off season. Right. The first time we heard from him this offseason was this video vignette that he put out yesterday, essentially proclaiming, like, I'm back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited to get in because it's essentially we're bringing back the whole offense again. And, oh, by the way, we're reinfusing with talent because he didn't play the last half of the year. Yeah. And, and not, really, not related to OBJ, but another part that I'm excited about, a sneaky, exciting part to this offense is going to be what the, what the speed of Anthony Schwartz can bring because – on top yeah. of what what OBJ does as a deep threat, now we've got another gadget-type guy whose speed is off the charts. I mean, yeah. uh, I will not put him in the same category of Tyreek Hill just yet. That's way unfair of an expectation. But in terms of pure speed, that's what he could yeah. theoretically be. Like, It's really exciting to see, hey, the same, the same group of guys are coming back. Oh, by the way, Odell's healthy, and oh, by the way, now we've got some dude who runs a friggin' four-two. Like that's yeah. that's really cool to see. I I I I don't like the Tyreek Hill comparison with Anthony Schwartz because Tyreek Hill, while yeah, he could probably beat anybody in the NFL in a straight straight line race. He's more of like the shifty guy who's gonna you know juke you out of your shoes. Anthony Schwartz is just a straight line speed He's guy. He's just fast. He's a guy that, while, you know you're probably going to know what route he's going to run when he comes in the game. You're also probably not going to be able to stop it because he's going to run, run right. by you. Right. Especially his rookie year when he's probably, yeah. you know, he's he needs to be developed. Yeah. But when he comes into the game, he's running a nine route. Like, yeah. All right, yeah. like you oh, know yeah, what no, he's he, doing. He's running. He's he's lying, Every single time he touches the field, he's running a 100-meter dash. That's yeah. what <laughs> that, I mean, He's running a 100-meter dash in I, pads. I uh, I'm excited about him too. I don't know how much he's going to play this year, it just won't because be much, truthfully, just but... because with OBJ, Jarvis, uh, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones is continuing to develop. Rashard Higgins, um, and yeah. the Browns don't run a lot of multi wide receiver sets as it is. So it's going to be interesting. He'll but be, yeah, I, I do think ga- he'll be a gadget he'll be a gadget guy. package guy. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, especially if OBJ and Jarvis stay healthy, um, 
I, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's uh, – I, I don't know if he did this in college. Maybe he's a punt return guy. Could I'm not be. sure. I truthfully, I don't, I don't actually know. Interesting. But, um, but yeah, so um, was there any – we're running – running a little bit longer than we usually go but as you've kind of noticed uh nick uh ryan and i can talk about the browns for hours (laughs) we can do this all day yeah (laughs) dude no this is cool and we literally the only thing the only thing for me is is getting up for work in the morning because if if that wasn't the case man i I, like i got time you know what i'm saying (laughs) i'm enjoying this this is great yeah yeah so uh our, our podcast is, is a Cleveland-centric podcast. We do talk a lot of Cleveland sports, but we like to, like like we did with, at the beginning of the show, we talk, talked about a Cleveland uh, beer. Um, we like to talk about Cleveland festivals and events that go on in the city. We like to highlight Cleveland restaurants and breweries and stuff like that. Okay. So so especially in the off-season, Ryan and I don't get to talk a lot of Browns. So like we, <laughs> we've, been, we've been looking forward to this episode Chomping for weeks now. <laughs> and our, our, other, our other co-host, Jordan, he's more of the – non-sports uh aspects of cleveland he likes to talk about so um like you said especially during the off season we we don't get to talk too much browns we do a we do a post game show every week um during okay. brown season so that's when we get to talk yeah, our we'll browns, have to but... have you back on again oh yeah absolutely when we get going again i would love that yeah this has been you know what this has been really fun um and and uh, like I see, I I know the, the listeners can't see, but it looks like you guys got quite the quite quite the setup there. Uh, yeah, we appreciate oh. it. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe for one of the post game shows or something, we can get you to come in studio and do the show with us or something like that. I would love that. Yeah. Um, where where do you, where where do you live by the way? Are you in Cleveland? Yeah, I'm on the west side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, we we record out of my house in Parma Heights. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm not too far from you. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, uh, Nick, before we get out of here, if you want to just give any quick shout-outs or plug social medias or or, uh, uh, or your uh, Barking Browns podcast and your and your co-host there, if you want to just shout-out anybody before we get out of here, uh, go ahead and do that. Um, I appreciate that. Well, for the, the one thing I really want to say is this is – I couldn't ask to do anything more fun on a Wednesday night here. Let's go. Thank Love you so to hear much. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate you guys. You know what? And and you guys especially, uh, like, I notice all the time, you know, you, you quote tweet me. Um, I appreciate your support. I, I always try to, to send it back your way. Um, you're, you're, you're a great people of, of Brown's Twitter. This is – I'm so happy to have been able to do this. Um, so thank you. Thank you both. Um, if, you, if, if you're listening now and you, you, you don't already follow Living Off the Land, I would highly recommend you do. Appreciate um, you. We're going to clip that. Yeah. <laughs> so, the great Nick Carnes so, with the endorsement. Dude, when, when, uh, when you guys, when you guys uh, put this out, just let me know, and, I, and I'll be happy to oh, you know, yeah. you know, spread, help spread the word because you deserve it. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, it'll be out uh, tomorrow morning. Okay, great. Um, but for, for me, um, for, for all that, I, I think just from my profile, uh, you can find my, my co-host. His name's Jacob. Um, and the Barking Brown show, we, we go, it's pinned to the top of my profile, so you can find it from there and the YouTube link. Um, but I'm, I'm just Carnsey's 817. I, weird name, I know. It's just like <laughs> when I created Twitter back in the day, it was just some stupid play on my last name. I never really knew that it was going to become this, but you know, now it's my name and it's stuck. So, so, um, that's where I'm at now. Uh, but I, that, I think I, you, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I love losing my words here, but no, th- good, this man. has been fun. That's, that's really all I got is that, you know, this makes me all the more excited for, for the season and um, for all of it. So I, yeah, I'm really sure. excited to, yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to link up for a uh, for a tailgate or maybe maybe uh, go to a bar or something for a road game uh, this year. I would love that. For sure. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, just uh, thanks again to uh, to Nick for for jumping on. Um, go follow him at Carnsey eight one seven. Check out the Barking Browns uh, show uh, on Twitter and YouTube, and uh, you can follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Check out our website lotlpodcast.com, where you can find all of our embedded links to all of our episodes. Uh, I don't know when the last time it was updated because Jordan's been out of town. So. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, so definitely uh, check that out. And, uh, yeah, this has been great. So uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, for Nick, for Ryan, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land. This has been Episode 163, and we'll catch you guys next week. Go Browns. Bye.